Welcome to the Perfect Time Podcast with Christy and Lindsay. Grab your coffee and let's chat mindset. In these mini episodes, we talk about how now is the perfect time to get in the best emotional, mental, and physical shape of our lives. Our minds are the most powerful tool we have. So let's grow together. Good morning, everyone, and good morning, Christy. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty darn well. I'm over here with a nice hot cup of coffee. Feeling good. Me too. Um, please don't slurp it. Just kidding. You can slurp it. Um, <laughs> listen to the last episode. We talked about coffee slurping. And so now we're going to ask everyone, everybody that comes on, do you slurp or do you not slurp? Because I need to know. Um, but yeah. yeah, me too. I have like a... A different brand. I need to hit up Trader Joe's today because I'm out of all my essentials. I'm going to Trader Joe's today, which I'm super pumped about because I live far away from Trader Joe's, but I have to come in town. Do you want to meet at the Joe's? Um, I Two things. They have peonies. I hope they still have them right now. Yeah. And um, I need coffee also. So I'm going to hit up Joe's also. Wait, that's um, so random. We're both going for coffee. I, I know. What I kind know. Do you I love think, there? Like, what? What kind of coffee do you get there? Oh, okay. So my favorite coffee ever there is just seasonal and it's their winter blend. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's in a blue tub. And I love it because, listen, I really love coffee, but I actually really love flavored coffee, which I feel like is kind of taboo if you're like, really into coffee like it's kind of like liking sweet wine it's just kind of like not (laughs) I don't know I feel like it's like frowned upon but I don't care because I love flavored coffee and this winter blend I love because it's not flavored with any junk it's just flavored with spices like wintry spices and I know we're in June so like it's weird to talk about that but that's my favorite in the winter I don't really have a favorite Trader Joe's in the now what should I get I do the, do um, it's like in a yellowish tub with blue and it's called the organic breakfast blend. It's just like a medium. Oh, yeah. I've had that before. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. there's another one I'm thinking about getting though, cause it's in a bigger tub and I think it's called wake up and I think it's an organic, I think it's a similar blend. It's probably the same thing. Uh, it's just in like okay. a way bigger tub, which I need to do because half of my life I do Costco size giant everything. And then the things I use every day, I don't. So I need to I need to think <laughs> about that when I'm there. I love Trader Joe's. It's it. not like right around the corner and definitely not for you, but it's not for me either. And so anyway. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's like, I've, I've talked about this before on my Instagram and I actually got a lot of feedback, <laughs> but I do think that Trader Joe's is sometimes just glorified junk food. Like it's a lot of like snacks and dips and do not get me wrong. I love going there, but it's very novelty sometimes, you know? Um, and so, but I'm craving that novelty because I've just been hitting up like the regular groceries lately. So yeah, it's a nice treat to go. And yes, I need coffee. So it is such a treat because you can go and like, I feel like when you want to do like a charcuterie board or something fun, they have all the fun stuff. It's great. Oh, it's the best for charcuterie boards for sure. Um, or just like, you know, my favorite time to go is when they release their 
like fall stuff. They have such good pumpkin mm. everything and you know. Um yeah. and I actually really do not like to buy flowers at the grocery store, but peonies are my absolute favorite and I was praying that there would be some that would pop up on our land and there haven't been. Um so I haven't had any this season and I just like need them. So I'm gonna buy them if they have them. Um, you need to plant those so they pop up. I know. Are they, are they, they um, what's the word? Come back every year? A perennial? Yeah. They come back every year. Okay. I love yeah. these as well. They're so pretty. And they do. And, like, the thing about Trader Joe's, I seriously am such, like, I've been, like, uh, sponsoring them or they, whatever, for a million years. What's the word? Like, advocating. I don't know. It's so early. Um. <laughs> I've been giving them free marketing for like 15 years and their flowers are the most beautiful and the best priced that you can find anywhere. Hands down. Oh, for sure. You need an affiliate link. Yeah, I know. Um, I know. I really. Speaking of affiliate link and sponsoring, can I get an affiliate link to your wallpaper business? Because I just saw that pink flamingo room that you did and I'm obsessed. (laughs) It was so fun. Who was the the recipient? Who was that sweet girl? You know my BFF, Rachel? It's her daughter. And so she's always been into flamingos. And when I started telling her I was doing wallpaper, she, she was asking Harper and she was like, maybe I'll do a flamingo wall. They picked out the most fun paper and it just looks so awesome in there. And not to go on and on, but I feel like the moral of the story and what I learned yesterday is like, whatever brings you joy, just make that happen because it seriously transformed her room and it looks so, it's like such a little joy spot in there. It's great. I love it. I absolutely love it. They did well. They picked out a Yeah, I love that pop of color. And it was just one wall or all the walls? It was just an accent wall, um, but it's a pretty big wall with like the two windows. So it just looks so nice in there. And um, really transforms a room. It's crazy. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. Next I, I, I'll, you... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I was going to say, I'll take that affiliate link and like blast you <laughs> over because I, I do think that everyone should just like add a little pop of color in an accent wall with some wallpaper by Ginger and Lou. Like just do it. Aww, thanks. It's yeah. We're, we, I mean, if you really want to find us, we're on Instagram at Ginger and Lou, or you can just message me. Um, but that's what we're, yeah, we were like, everybody needs this in their office if you work at home or somewhere just to make you happy. So anyway. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I love that. Um, can I tell you about my weekend? Please do. Looks like you had a fun one. Okay. Yeah, it was so fun. I, You guys, this is what I wanted to say. Schedule someone to, to take your kids for the weekend. Like, it's a must do. I feel, you know, really bummed out that I missed the walk and I want you to talk about that in a second but my sister took Ruby for the weekend and Seth and I got to have a weekend just the two of us which we haven't had in so long yeah and holy smokes it was like the best thing like of course we missed Ruby we talked about it the whole time we looked at pictures of her the whole time we did that whole thing away from their kids but we just also like were able to float around and like we didn't do anything like super crazy. We just, it just, it's, it hits different when you don't have to factor in 
the constant needs of a child, you know, like it was just so nice. Like, yeah, you're a free agents. Yeah, that's really that's fun. amazing. How was the walk? Oh my gosh, it was so good. We had, I honestly don't even know, maybe like 10 or so women that came. A lot of you, it was Memorial Day tournament. So that was like, we didn't really realize that oh. it was fine. Um, but we had 10 or so people that started and, you know, we do a loop a couple of times. And so at the end, I think there was like six of us. My mom was there and finished with us, but we did the 13.1. It was a great morning. And it is just funny how like, if I take the dog on a three mile walk, it kind of feels like forever when I'm by myself and 13.1 flew when you're just talking with friends and we just kind of shifted and I got to catch up with people and it was really nice. It was great. I love, I love that. How long did it take you? It took, I know it wasn't a race, but just curious, like ballpark. I know it was not a race, but we did walk pretty quick. I feel like, um, Okay, so we started at 6.30-ish, and we finished around, like, 10.15. Oh, that's awesome. So less than four hours. Um, that's... I think we were going at, like, a 16-minute mile pace, which sounds yeah. really slow, but, like, we were we were speed walking without flailing our arms crazy. Okay, but this is yeah. a story, though. The backstory is deer have been kind of like a sign to me like I don't really like have an affinity for deers but like or affection or anything but like I I've seen them in like different places and it kind of like they speak to me a little bit okay so that's a little woo-woo but that's the backstory we were walking and there was like six or eight of us women and we were on like a major road I was looking up to the right to our friend Courtney and all of a sudden this deer comes sprinting through the group, like could have like taken any one of us out. I didn't see it. The people behind us saw it, but like, I didn't even see it coming until that deer was literally, I could have touched it right in front of my face. Oh. And that was like the most wild thing. Cause I've never been scared of deer. And that was like, so wild. Um, but anyway, well, I won't go into the whole thing, but that was like hilarious. And I'm like, what? in the world just happened um that's so weird it, it was must a little have gotten shocking <laughs> I must have gotten spooked by something else and then just like I know it was realize. super strange but it woke us all up pretty fast we were about gosh maybe nine miles in by that point we were like what? um anyway. but that was the only exciting thing that happened but the rest of it was it was great so um we missed you but it was lovely I know next year I'll have to camp out and we'll do it um okay well that's awesome I'm glad to hear it went well I I was just I just saw something on Instagram actually our friend Courtney posted it last night and I I didn't like look to check to make sure it was valid but I, I do believe that it was so accurate like walking 60 minutes a day whether you do it all at once or break it up into chunks is really like all you need to transform your health and I just thought that was so powerful because sometimes we like underestimate the value of just walking and, and I, I know that it's beneficial. And, um, I liked for me, what I liked about reading that was that you can break it up into chunks again, nothing, yeah, revolutionary, like but like, I, I can't walk for a solid hour. I would just be so bored, you know, um, maybe, maybe that means I do need to walk for an hour <laughs> and just be bored, but 
I have a hard time walking for an hour. And so if I could do two 30 minutes a day, like that's so great, especially, and this kind of goes into what we're going to talk about today, especially during your like phase right before your menstrual cycle, where you're not supposed to be doing high intensity exercise. Yeah. Um, that would be a really good idea is just to, to go for two 30 minute walks a day, listen to our podcast while you do it or some other podcast and just walk it out. Love that. But question really quick. Do you do, I know you have like a whoop band. And I don't know what all that entails. Do you, um, do your steps every day? No, I, I don't, don't either. I have no idea. I mean, I truly have no idea. Do I do 7,000? Do I do 20,000? Um, and the only reason why I ask is even when we were doing our walk, I didn't even start like anything on my phone. And a lot of people have like the I watches or Apple watches or whatever. And then it got me thinking, would I be obsessed with that if I got it? Should I get one? Or is it better that I just kind of walk and more of like mile, like I walked a mile or I walked a couple miles. I don't know. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it goes back. It, this kind of goes back to what we talked about last week of like, if you have a goal for something, maybe initially, like, you, you know, you have to, you have to, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You have to measure yourself, you know? Um, yeah. so yeah, maybe I think like, but there's a fine line there because yes, you don't want to become obsessive with a number. Um, so you just have to have the right mindset around it. Like you're using this as like a tracking tool to better yourself, but you're not going to let it define you. Like you're not defined by the number of steps you take every day. Well, and this um, is the thing I don't even, well, yes, I don't even mean to that. This is how my brain works. Like if I'm out for a run. And I, most of the time I don't even like, I, I know how far I go. So, but if I went out for a run and it said I ran 2.89 miles, there's no way I'm stopping. I'm running the three miles. So if I have that yeah. thing and it says I have like 9,000, whatever steps, like I'm going to go take a little walk so I get to that 10,000. So that's where I'm like, You're with that be psycho, cause I want it to be the, I want it done. You're going to be lying in bed at like 10.59 p.m. and check your steps and need 150 more. So you're going to get out of bed and go walk in the night. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I don't know. I just like a nice number. And if I have the goal, I, I'll i be fine if I don't meet it. But I'm very, that's, I'm goal oriented that way. Yeah. Anyway. No, I, I think you should, I think you should start tracking and see how it goes. It's the only but, way to know. But, I don't have anything to really track. I guess my phone does. But um, anyway, I was just curious if you tracked yours. Yeah. Really what I was asking. No, I don't. But I do have the whoop band like we talked about. And with that being said, I've had to really work on my mindset around this because your whoop band tells you your recovery from the day before, right when you wake up. And so if your recovery is low, like I've had to really have conversations with myself, like, I am not defined by this recovery. I am, you wake up first thing and your phone tells you that you didn't sleep well or you didn't recover well. Like that could be really crippling to someone who tends to rely on those sorts of information about their whole day. Like my day is not in the shitter because I didn't recover well. Like I'm still going to go out and have an awesome day, but, but it gets, it does mess with your head sometimes for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind um, of the more, you know, um, but we'll yeah. see. Anyway, let's talk about fasting, shall we? We shall. Let's do it. Okay. So this is kind of like part two to, oh gosh, how many episodes ago was that? Like 
two or three episodes ago when we talked about um, exercising, cycle-based exercise. So that all came from, and if you haven't listened to that episode yet, go back and do that because I feel like we kind of set the stage for talking about this too, um, fasting, because it's all based on your 28-day-ish cycle Mm -hmm. um, if you're a menstruating female. Um, So the, yeah, this all comes from Fast Like a Girl. And again, Lindsay and I have both read the book. I It's just phenomenal. And let's dive into the fasting component of it. Um, first, I want to say that just in my own little bit of research that I've done by pulling my Instagram audience on fasting is it seems like a number of women have tried fasting and they've either not felt good doing it or experienced an adverse effect, or this is a very common one. They read or heard that it actually wasn't healthy for their bodies and healthy for their hormones too fast. And so I want to preface this whole conversation in case I lose you right out the gate by saying, we're going to talk about fasting to stick around. Even if you've tried fasting and it hasn't worked for you, stick around for this conversation Um, because this is definitely a unique way of talking about fasting. Um, And it's done so to encourage and protect positive hormone health. Um, Yes, I've I've heard that fasting can be not good for a female. um, And yes, I've heard that there are side effects. And yes, I've heard all those things. But this book goes into all of that. And I want to kind of speak to that throughout this conversation. Um, So let's chat about it, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So if you guys remember, if you gals remember from the previous episode, we talked about breaking down the 28-day cycle into different phases. Um, Day one through 10 is power phase. Day one is the day that you start to bleed. That's the beginning of your period is day one. Um, Day one through 10 is your power phase. And for this research, for this book, that is an optimal time to be fasting. Um, During this time, you can fast for different lengths of time. Um, And if you're new to this, I highly recommend just fasting for 12 hours, which means basically you eat dinner at 6 p.m. and you don't eat again until 6 a.m. Most of us do that anyway, and you don't realize it, but you are fasting overnight. Breakfast, if you break that word down, is break fast. Um, and so fasting has been around for eons. It's biblical. It's mentioned all in, all throughout the Bible. Most cultures and religions practice fasting, notably um, Ramadan. Like that's a very culturally still present fasting period that lasts for 30-ish days, I want to say. Um, and and most religions and most cultures have always fasted because it's so powerful. So anyway, you're probably you're fasting and you don't even realize it, but see if you can stretch yourself a little bit further during day one to 10 of your cycle. Um, maybe go until 10 a.m. And fasting really means just water or black coffee 
for black tea. Um, there's so many different theories on fasting, but let's just stick with that to be clear for this. Yeah. And if you read fast, like a girl, she goes into that, like breaking a fast, what can keep you in a fast. So if you're interested in, in that whole discussion, and I mean, it really goes deeper, like Chrissy said, because truly, if you want to know if you're in a fasting state, you should be monitoring your, like your, um, glucose levels and stuff. But if you want more information about that, the book is amazing at giving you those tools. Yes. Breaks it all down and is super powerful, but okay. So power phase day one through 10, you're safe to fast then because it goes back to what we talked about before where your, you, where your hormone levels are. We want to protect our hormones. We want to advocate for our hormones. So day one, you're actually super low in all hormones. All of your levels have dropped, which is what's causing you to bleed. Um, and so it's safe to then to start fasting. Um, what I love about this book and this philosophy is that she talks a lot about ketobiotics being the foods that you should eat during these fasting stages. Um, and most of you have probably heard of ketosis or the ketogenic diet, which is an absence of carbohydrate in your diet, like less than 20 grams per day. Um, and I know in the nineties, was that in the nineties when like the Atkins diet was popular and, you know, diets kind of waxed and waned, but ketogenic diet is an absence of carbohydrates completely. But she speaks to ketobiotic, which I love because when I was eating keto, you can't eat fruits or vegetables really because they have carbs. And so I always struggled with that because I just am really of the belief that God made food for us to thrive. And to use as a powerful tool. And we know so many vitamins and minerals comes, come from fruits and vegetables and meats. Um, and so to completely take out one food group just feels like, I don't know, not the right thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Like even to take out carbs all the time is not the right thing to do. Um, so ketobiotic means that you can eat a lit like set like 50 grams of carbs so you could have some fruits and vegetables so that you can feed your body still nutrients so you break your fast with ketobiotic food so you're eating mostly mostly protein and fat um and a little bit of carbs and that's how you would break a fast during your power phase so day one through ten that's what you're doing you're fasting anywhere from 13 to 72 hours and then you're eating a ketobiotic diet after that to re-nourish. Um, and then day 11 through 15 is the manifestation phase, which is during your ovulation. And during your ovulation, you're just protecting your hormones, your hormone feasting, which means you're not eating a ketobiotic diet. You're eating way more carbs. Your body will actually thrive with a little extra glucose during this phase. And as far as fasting is concerned, you really want to back off of fasting during your, during your manifestation phase of ovulation. Um, and so I normally don't fast at all during day 11 through 15. Um, 
Next is power phase again. You get like a four day window, day 16 through 19. Um, and this is probably my most, when I feel most inspired to fast because I know that what comes next is going to be me not fasting for several days. And so I'm like, oh, I better squeeze it in before I can't fast during the next phase. Um, and so day 16 through 19, you can do a 13 to 72 hour fast and you go back into eating that ketobiotic diet. So fewer carbs um, and mostly fats and protein during, during that phase. And I once did a 72 hour fast Ooh. during this. Well, I'm sorry. I attempted a 72 hour fast during this phase. I only made it not only I made it like 64 hours or 62 hours, I want to say. Um, and I pulled myself out of the fast, not because I was throwing in the towel and weak. I actually did it because I was listening to my body and, and, you know, again, she goes into all this in the book, but my, I was monitoring my blood glucose. Anytime you're doing a longer fast, you should be. And it, it was so low that I was like, you know, I'm a nurse. I work in the hospital. I've seen low blood sugars. It's an emergency situation when someone's blood sugar gets low. And I was at the emergency level. And <laughs> I was like delirious in my kitchen. Um, and I was like, okay, I just need to eat a marshmallow or something because I'm not functioning properly here. <laughs> so I broke yeah. my fast. But let me just tell you that I have never felt so euphoric I felt like I was on a drug like after that long of a fast breaking that fast nourishing my body uh I and and this we can get into the benefits of fasting in a second but like I felt so freaking good like I've never felt like that before without taking some sort of mind-altering substance <laughs> um and so anyway yeah that's my journey into a long fast I'm gonna try it again at some point but um okay so after I that think that's days, interesting you said that too because just really quick because I feel like most people think about fasting and think about feeling like crap you know but I think yeah. this pro like with this whole system if you do it right at the right time the reality is you will actually feel good if you're listening to your body and that's like what I yes. take away from the book was more like my mindset on fasting switched. Yeah. 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 So let's, let's chat about that. Um, let me just finish the cycle thing and then we can chat about that because that is the most important part. Um, the day 20 through when you start to bleed is the last phase and that is your nurture phase. At this point, you, ladies, we're trying to protect our hormones because our progesterone should be high and progesterone is really sensitive um, to intense exercise or um, any sort of stress on the body. So we're not fasting during this phase at all. We're hormone feasting. We're eating a little bit more glucose. This is the time of the month when you can say like, yes, my body is craving that piece of chocolate and there's actual science behind that. And I'm going to give my body what she wants within reason which is a piece of chocolate where you know you can eat a little bit more sugar during this phase and it actually is going to benefit your hormones um to do so so no fasting um 
minimal workouts like yoga or walking and just really nurturing your body during this phase. So that's the last phase and then you, you start to bleed and then you start all over again. But yes, Lindsay, absolutely. Like I think fasting has gotten such a bad negative connotation and it really bums me out because fasting puts you into a state of autophagy, which is like cellular health and healing, which actually won a Nobel prize. Like it's been studied that in the absence of food, our cells get stronger. In the absence of food, our cells get stronger, not weaker. And if you're really listening to your body, you'll feel that. You'll feel more focused, more energized, all the things when you're fasting. Um, and it's a very, very powerful tool to reset your um, dopamine levels, um, your recoveries, your sleep, if you're not sleeping well, you know, it's, it, it just, it resets kind of, it's a reset for your body um, to deprive it of food for just a little bit. And I think if you're doing it with um, your hormones in mind, like it's just such a different experience than if you just try to fast at any random point in time without looking at where your body is and, and meeting your hormones where they are and, and doing it according yeah. to them. Well, and I found it fascinating, like in the book, she has a bit, a bunch of different protocols. So like whatever, I mean, all of us are different or wired different. So like whatever you're struggling with, I mean, when she talked about the gut reset and fasting, and that was like a longer fast. I mean, I wish I would have known about that eight years ago, because my body could have really benefited from that. And what's funny is I realized like, sometimes I would do it intentionally, because I'm like, I just need a break, because whatever I'm eating is making me so bloated. So I would kind of just like, try to go longer periods. It sounds stupid. I wasn't depriving. My, it wasn't a calorie thing. I just like had to give my body a little bit of rest for digestion and stuff. But there's like, she talks about that. And then um, she talks about like, I mean, not to, we can go into it or not, but there is cancer patients that she's worked with that, like Christy was saying, your cells, they eat themselves, <laughs> like your cells regenerate. Yeah. And so that only happens when we give our body time to fast. Um, and I am not a scientist or a doctor, but I found that very interesting that that is such a tool that's probably very underutilized here in the United States. And so how cool would that be to come alongside whatever medical treatment people are using and also utilizing fasting under medical care um, to try to get better results. And so there's so many different reasons why people would fast And like, essentially it's not, um, it's not like to be restrictive with calorie intake or anything like that. It's a very calculated, time where you're allowing your body to chill and then when it's time to eat you eat and you like feed your body well you know and so it's talk about a mindset shift it's just like all about nurturing your body in the best ways and I am on board with that yeah for sure I think definitely everything that you just said is is so powerful too and that's why you know knowledge is power right like when you, after you read this book and there's tons of, of scientific evidence to back it up and she cites everything and, you know, 
I think that's important to note that it this is she's a physician and and you know Lindsay and I are not giving any medical advice out right now certainly but we are encouraging you to do your own research read the book if you're interested in this topic um and you know she is a physician she can back up everything that she's saying she's healed tons of people you know tons of women um and she even references in the book that like some of her patients or clients will then go to their family doctor and their family doctor will be like oh my gosh like you don't need these blood pressure medications anymore you don't need these diabetic meds anymore or your thyroid looks normal like what do you and and she's actually like patients have actually taught their doctors about fasting because also very unfortunate that is not part of a physician's curriculum in med school Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, nutrition and fasting is just it is not and um and so most doctors unless they've branched out and and studied this on their own aren't even aware of the benefits of fasting um and so you know it's really something that you you do just have to educate yourself and then tweak your mindset around it give it a try feel empowered by it and you know go with how your body feels but also just you know, use her guidance. Like she's great at explaining everything in the book and, and why it's so powerful. But, and all the other thing, like you said, I love about this book is whatever your specific ailment is, she's probably mentioned it. And then she gives you a guide based on that. Like at the very end, you can look up like if it's a gut issue or mm-hmm. cancer or infertility, she speaks a lot to infertility. Um, so Yeah. Hair loss, like there's so many different things and like I think that like it's one of those things that you can't just be like oh yeah willy-nilly like I fast because that's when people are saying don't do that because it's probably not going to work for you but it has to be strategic um and it's it is the three part we talked about the exercise the last time and again not experts just people that have like tried this out and we're just playing with it still and learning our bodies but we talked about the exercise component we're introducing the fasting right now, just talking about that. And then the other part is nutrition and like all three of those go together. It's not one or the other. Um, and I think that's like the perfect trifecta is if you're going to do it, do it right. And be intentional about how you do it. Um, yeah. And then obviously if you have hesitation, do it under the care of whoever your physician or holistic practitioner or whoever is just so that they have eyes on you um, do that, you know, whatever makes you comfortable or not, <laughs> whatever. It's just like yeah. I think anything you just have to see how you feel. And okay. This goes back to the watch conversation. Like if you had that mindset going into it, like I'm going to do 72 hours or nothing, maybe you would have fainted on your kitchen floor. So we have to be able to <laughs> switch that and be like, I'm going to aim for 72 hours. And if my body tells me otherwise, I'm going to stop. Right. I have yes. never done a 72-hour I mean, fast. I mean, that sounds hard, but I'd yes, like to it was think incredibly that I would hard, do it. Yeah. It's such a mindset thing. You're absolutely correct. And I was like, you know, I kept, like, there were moments when I had to keep asking myself, is this just hard or do I actually need to physically, like physiologically, I need to stop, you know, I had to check in with myself and have that honest conversation 
and and the probably at like hour 50 it was hard and it was just hard though like I kept checking in I felt fine my blood sugar was fine I was okay it was just hard so I kept saying to myself this is hard but I'm okay this is hard I can do hard things um because you yes you have to and that is going to increase we talk about this all the time your body's intuition when you have those hard conversations with yourself like can I do hard things can I push through or do I actually really need to stop and when I woke up the morning that I discovered my blood sugar was low I was bummed out to stop because I had already made it so far and I was like oh my gosh I kept saying to myself like in order for me to get back to hour 60 I'm gonna have to do this again for 60 hours which sounds like of course you are. But like when you've done it for that long, like I just wanted to keep going. Yeah. But I knew my health was the most important thing and I didn't want to die on my kitchen floor of low glucose. So well, I and stopped. She, <laughs> yeah. And she mentions that in the book too. And like, it's not word for word, but basically it's like, you're, you're never failing a fast. You're never, ever failing a fast. So like, if you are trying to do it and you made it X amount of hours, like that was your accomplishment, right? And then if you make it like 30 minutes past yeah. that the next time, like your body is learning how to 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 do it. And so it's never a failure. It's always just a learning experience. And it's always um it's always a success because you just got that much that much farther. Um and again, I Absolutely. am not, not by any means an expert, but I loved how she kind of encouraged that mindset. Yes. It's it's a great mindset book because she absolutely encourages you to just listen to your body and um and that every fast is a success because even at even at 15 hours or 16 hours you're already kicking in benefits so if you go if you make it to 60 my gosh you're doing huge things for your body and I could feel it like all I wanted to do after that 60 something hour fast I felt so good. I mean, I really can't explain it any other way than I was just like extremely high on life. Like all I wanted to do, I, I felt this urge that I've never felt before to take off all of my clothes and roll around in the grass. Like I just, <laughs> I felt like I was like part of nature. Like I can't even explain it. it sounds ridiculous. I know. Okay. So let's chat real quick about like, if you wanted to start, if you wanted to try this, like kind of how to do it. Um, and first and foremost, I recommend reading this book before you, you do try and, and do it. But, um, here's my take on it my go-to little fasting 101. Um, the best part about fasting is that you can tweak it to be done when it works best for you and your family's schedule. Um, and I... I don't really want to have to have a conversation with my child about why I'm not eating or whatever. My child is five. Like older kids could probably be taught this. And I do think they should be taught this, but not at five. So for me, I'm fasting kind of through overnight is when I do the chunk of my fasting. And that seems to work best for everyone anyway, because they're sleeping. So I usually eat dinner, like an early dinner at like 6 p.m., and then that's it. Then I start my fasting window. And I love to use the app 
called Fastic, F-A-S-T-I-C, because you can start your fasting timer and it tells you how long you've been fasting. And it also tells you when you get past like the fat burning stage or when you get into ketosis and it gives you a little like, congratulations, you're here. It, it just measures your fast. And I like okay. to use that app as a tool. Fastic. Um, it's free and you can just start your timer whenever you finish your last meal, which is for most people dinner. So they start after dinner and then they'll fast all through the night. I like to wake up in the morning and I have a cup of black coffee. Um, I was like a diehard cream in my coffee kind of gal for the longest time. And so that was a tweak and a change in itself that I had to get used to. But now I love black coffee in the morning. So um, black coffee. And then, you know, by that time, I'm already at 12, 14 hours of fasting. And then, you know, depending on where I am in the fasting cycle, I just keep going and I just start my day and I, you know, go about my day. And I really, the thing I also like about the Fastic app is it seems so wild. Like whenever my stomach starts to growl or like my body starts to feel hungry, if I look at that app, that's usually right when I'm entering a new stage of fasting. And so my body like knows like, okay, now I'm into autophagy and my stomach is growling. It's my body is telling me that it wants food because it's used to having food at those intervals, but it doesn't actually need food because when you starve your body, which is what you're doing, starving your body. And so with that being said, if you have struggled with eating disorders, this is like not for you. It's just, you have to be very healed up from that before you can start fasting, but you are starving your body. That's the whole point. And so when you're doing that, you're increasing cell turnover, your cells, your body has to eat something, whether it's the breakfast that you give it or something else. And so if you don't give it breakfast, it's going to eat something else, which is going to be your fat cells. And you can talk about that from a weight loss standpoint, or we could talk about that from a healing standpoint, because guess what accumulates in fat cells? Toxins. That's where they go. That's just where they go. It's not, it's just, that's just it. It's not debatable. Toxins go to fat cells. So if you are struggling with infertility or you're struggling with autoimmune disease or whatever, maybe your fat cells need to be reduced and that therefore that would reduce the toxic load in your body. Well, and it, so not that's to what interrupt you really quick, but you know how Dr. Courtney Hunt always says, eat your fatty ass, which means eat your fat fatty acids yes. like that are usually like for women we store those typically in like our butt our hips or not hips are like thigh you know like that's where we we store our fat which is not overall bad I'm not saying you have to be like yeah. skinny but that is where we store our toxins that's just the reality of it right yes yes so in reducing the amount of fat cells in your body you're reducing the amount of toxins in your body as well um, and so, yes, absolutely. And then, you know, once, once your body is eating those things as fuel, that's when you start to have the ketones, which are actually going to make you feel more energized. It's going to make you feel more energized. Um, 
I, I lost my train of thought. I forget what I was talking about. I'm sorry. About. I interrupted you. No, I think that's what it was. It was you were talking about. Oh, no, about. no. I'm glad you did. <laughs> I just always laugh when she says, eat your fatty ass. And I'm like, okay. I, um, know, I love her. Um, no, you, yes. Anyway, okay. So we're talking about like. So then you just. Being, you just yeah, you, know, you just keep going. So you just keep going. And like most people will break their fast around lunchtime. Um, and so that's a very typical fasting window is eat dinner and then fast the next day until lunch. And that's going to give you huge benefits if you can do that a couple of times a week. Um, and then if you do go into those extended longer fasts, I'm not going to go into it today, but she goes into how to break the fast and the foods that you should eat to break a fast. But if you have deprived your body of food for any length of time, it is so important to refuel your body properly. So this is not the time to grab that bag of Doritos or Ho-Ho cakes or whatever. Like you need to really be giving, refueling your body with vitamins and minerals, fresh fruits, vegetables, um, a lot of Fermented foods are really good after a fast, so you can kind of reprogram your gut flora with fermented foods. Um, and maybe that's a whole other conversation is like foods to eat. Yeah, we can, an, we can do an know, after a one another time. Protein. Um, protein amounts. You know, there's a whole, and, and really, like Lindsay said, we're still playing around with it with our own bodies. But yes, there's certain amounts of protein you should try to aim for and certain certain amounts of fat to aim for. Um, but eating real unprocessed foods after a fast is key. And then, um, yeah, and just playing around with it, trying it out. But if you've never oh. fasted before, try it during your power phase to go from dinner one night to lunch the next day and see how you feel. Yeah. And like, I think if you're, this is like a new concept to, to you or something you've never tried, what I always like to do is think back to like, okay, is this concept new or is this how we used to be? And like, when you think about our ancestors and like hunters and gatherers, this is where this originates from. They would go out, hunt meals, we would eat and then we'd go in a fasting state until we could hunt or gather the next meal. That was not breakfast, lunch, and dinner with five snacks. It was probably <laughs> most likely two meals that were very intentional that put us in a state. I mean, I've read so many different like books and things on like how the fasting state, like the sense of urgency created, like that's what enabled people to be able to hunt and gather and all that stuff. So like, yes, so like Lindsay, if you were on your, um, your 13 mile walk and you were in a fasted state and that deer ran through your group of girls, you guys would have attacked that deer like vicious wolves and then feasted on it <laughs> <laughs> as your meal. Right. Like it was just a different, like it was a different time, obviously. And clearly we've, you know, evolved and progressed, but it goes back to that. Like our bodies thrived and survived like that before. Now things are very different, but when you think back to like, why is this something that could help me or my body? I'm like, well, nothing is new under the sun. And this is kind of how people were before. So maybe there's something to it. Um, I just always like to go back to like, 
Is this some wonky concept or is this something that really actually worked and evolved <laughs> like our species? And to me, it makes yes. sense. Not, not that I've Absolutely. been doing this or that I do it all the time, but um, I think it's why I'm halfway fascinated about the topic yeah oh absolutely like I, I don't ever recall learning about any caveman who was overweight and or fatigued and or you know I'm sure they had diseases I know they had diseases but but from that standpoint yes like they were in an optimal state of health because they were switching in and out of fasting and feasting, fasting and feasting. And that she speaks to a lot in the body, or I'm sorry, a lot in the book. <laughs> um, and just how powerful that is to go in and out of that fasted state. And so yeah. um, when you, the other thing that I find so from a mindset standpoint, powerful about this book is like, if you just, if someone, if let's say your doctor tells you to start fasting, but doesn't give you any guidelines. And so every day you have this like need to fast kind of looming over you every single day you're like oh I should fast today I should fast today and it you know versus this book that's like no actually you shouldn't fast today today's the day that you have that piece of cake because it's actually going to benefit your body today and then you know there's some days where you should fast and so it doesn't feel as daunting I think because there are days when you know that you should fast and there are days when you know that you should feast and I think that that really helped me be like today is a day where I celebrate more with food and today is a day that I celebrate more with fasting I'm going in and out of that fasting and feasting strategically to benefit my body and how cool is that yeah I think anything every day is like fatigues you and that's why people don't do well on diets because if you're calorie restricting like that is you're thinking about it all the time this is kind of like let's ebb and flow with a cycle that makes sense for our body and then I mean you have 10 days where like that isn't even a topic and you know you're entering like you know our cycle is complex and so I like that too Christy I think that that's a good point um, and can hopefully empower us more than anything. Like that's what this conversation yes. is about. It's just like empowering and knowing that um, maybe it's not a cure-all for everything, but maybe it's something that you can put in your toolbox and try and it could help you. So yeah, perfect time. I love that. Okay, give it a try, but first read the book, please. Um, and she has great, she has great free resources on YouTube and on Instagram. Um, at Dr. Mindy Pels. And so check her out. Let us know if you give it a try, how you feel. And, Christy um, read the book yeah, with her eyes and I read it with my ears. I love Audible. Um, and yeah. you do Audible, you get the free PDFs that she references. So you can go in and download all those PDFs, which are helpful because Christy talked about all the phases and like on the first pass, it's kind of hard to like get that all in your brain. So you can have that and like have that to refer to. So if you do listen to the book, you'll still have access. Yes. And I, I, I'm on like pass nine ninety five, and I'm still looking at them. Like they're great to reference back to. So I know I might um, listen to it book. again just to let it sink in, but, uh, yeah, I kind of want to download on audible too, just so I can listen to it on, yeah. you know, on the regular. Okay, give it a try, everyone. It's the perfect time to try some fasting based on your cycle. And we look forward to hearing from you. Okay, bye. 
Thank you.